The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Each year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to festival custom. After they had completed its days, as they were returning, the boy Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Thinking that he was in the caravan, they journeyed for a day and looked for him among their relatives and acquaintances, but not finding him, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. The Gospel of the Lord. Most of us know what it is like to lose something of great value, something that has great meaning for us, something that is part of our life. We feel empty, perhaps anxious, perhaps even panicky. And nowhere is that more true than with a parent who is missing a child, who has lost a child. There is genuine panic, fear, desperation. And that's what we see in today's gospel. This event isn't simply included because it's an interesting story. There's a great deal taking place in this gospel. Every year we are told that our Lord went up with his parents to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. But now it remarks that he's 12. He's come of age. He's a man. At three, he refused he received his first garment with tassels. At five, he was being instructed in the law. Now he goes up with them 
of the Passover sacrifice. And in this case, St. Joseph would have taken him to the sacrifice. He would have seen the lambs being slaughtered. He would have seen the blood being poured out. The cross would have been in front of him, as it always was. He would see the lambs there and know that he was the Lamb of God. He was the sacrifice. He was the victim. And so he goes with them to witness this. And then as they are returning, the men and the women went out different ways. And so they didn't notice that the Lord wasn't with them. And he stayed behind. And they are told that they began to look for him amongst their acquaintances. And that after three days, they found him in the temple. Three days. The Blessed Mother will lose her son twice for three days. She'd lose him again on Good Friday, and it wouldn't be till Easter that he would return. So she has a glimpse of that in this loss. Now, they know that he's unique. They know that, that this is the child, this is the one. And they find him again, and he's in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And they're astounded at his answers. He's gone to the place where he feels most at home, the temple, his father's house, his too. The father is worshipped here, and so is he, although unknown. Sacrifices are offered to the father and to him, although again unknown. So he's at home in the temple, even as the temple is about to become obsolete. The next time she finds him in the temple will be in his, res- in his risen body, that temple. And so we're told that his parents were astonished. Now in a situation like this, the father had all the authority. The father was the one who would speak. The father was the one who would direct. But St. Joseph doesn't do that. As we know, he never speaks. He's there, but that's all. Blessed Mother speaks. Now, she's going to speak to him in his human nature. She will. She'll address him in his human nature. Son, why have you done this to us? Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. Now, you might expect a number of different responses from that, but his is very strange. He's going to answer her in his divinity. She asks the question to him in his humanity, but he responds with his divinity. Why were you looking for me? Why were you looking for me? Why do you think we were looking for you? You're our son and we missed you. That's why we were looking for you. 
But he asked them the question, why were you looking for me? As much as if to say, have you forgotten? Have you forgotten the Immaculate Conception and the Virgin Birth? Have you forgotten the coming of the Holy Spirit? Have you forgotten the revelations? Have you forgotten your dreams? Don't you remember those? Don't you remember who I am? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Where else would I be? This is where I belong. Notice, though, the must. His whole life was one must after another. Our Lord was perfectly obedient to the Father. I must be in my Father's house. I must go up to Jerusalem. I must suffer and die. The Son of Man must take the cross. It's always must, must, must. He knows what he must do. And right now he must be in his Father's house doing what he's doing there. That's where the Son belongs, in the house of the Father. So, we are told then that he went down with them to Nazareth and was obedient to them. So you see, he doesn't say, but I will stay here because I want to stay here. No, he will be obedient. He's always obedient. He must be again. He must be obedient. He goes down and is obedient to his parents uh, out of love and because that is what he is required to do and also to set an example. But there's, he will, ne- will never be the same again for them. Once he said, did you not know that I must be in my father's house, St. Joseph disappears from the scriptures. He no longer is ever presented in the gospel again. He's done what he was supposed to do, and he may now leave and depart. By the time our Lord began his public life, we assume that he was dead. We assume that, because he's not mentioned. But also, there was, remember, St. Joseph was the patron saint of a happy death. What better way to die than in the presence of Jesus and Mary, our Lord and his mother? But he also uh, is often depicted in windows. They used to be. You don't see them as much anymore in the older churches. You see St. Joseph dying with Blessed Mother and, of course, our Lord there next to him. He was... It's assumed that he was an older man. We often depict him as a younger man, but he probably wasn't. Well, we don't really know, but in any event, he was dead by that time. But he disappears. He's done his job. We no longer need to hear from him again. But we are told further that his mother kept all these things in her heart. His mother did. She kept pondering all these events that she was experiencing. That our Lord advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. In other words, in his divinity, he couldn't grow. His divinity was perfect. In his humanity, he did develop, but not in his divinity. His knowledge was always there, but in his humanity, he grew. So what does this say to us, really? Well, you and I are in the temple. We must come here. The Lord commands us to come here. We come to meet him in the temple. And he comes to us. He comes to be present with us. We are here to be fulfilled. We should say to the world, did you not know that I must be in my father's house? I must be here. There's nowhere else where I can really experience the perfection of his coming except here. As he calls us to follow him to the temple.
And so we do. It's a great wonder that we have been brought here and that we, too, must now be obedient. Pope Paul VI, in remarking on the Holy Family, said there are a number of qualities that every family should possess, imitating this family. The first is simply the love that exists within a family, the charity that binds them together, the mutual sacrifice that is theirs. There's also obedience in a family. There has to be, or the family won't be able to function as a family. Then he said, another quality is silence. Then people might say, it's not easy to be silent in a family. Silence is necessary for the family. You can't have chaos all the time. There has to be that. Even if you're just saying the family rosary or family prayer, there has to be some degree of silence for the family to lead to function as a family. Finally, he said, work, the nobility of work. A family labors together in different ways to maintain that family, whatever the case. We are that family. We have been called as that family. We come near now to be fed as that family. 